Many times when choosing a payroll service, you have to choose between a new startup with a great app or an established company whose tech may feel behind the times. With OnPay, you get the best of both worlds, a great app from an established company that's been providing payroll services for over 30 years in all 50 states. Stay tuned to hear more from our sponsor, OnPay, later in the episode. But here's the the amazing one. Kat Norton, so she started making videos in June of 2020 under the name Miss Excel. She has 650,000 followers. She's one of the app's most popular Excel influencers, and she's leveraged this into some sort of tutorial software business, and she's making 100,000 a day. That's more revenue than a lot of startups that are valued at a billion dollars right now. What does she do that makes $100,000 a day? Classes on Excel, I guess. Oh my God. David, this makes me feel like we're just in the, we're We're failures. Today is Sunday, December 5th. This is the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. Where are you at now? (laughs) I'm still at home, but I have a flight at 7 a.m. to go to the Digital CPA Conference in Nashville, where it will be a balmy 40-something degrees, I think. When you're there, make some news happen. This is kind of a a ho-hum week. I think there's some news that came out, but I mean, there's nothing to get the pulse racing, that's for sure. Well, it gave me the opportunity to dig through some of the old stories I've been holding on to. I've got some stats. I've got some advice. I got some stuff. There was some news about the CPA exam. Uh, NASBA is going to stop giving universities info on the CPA exam performance for many years, I guess until possibly 2025 when CPA evolution is complete. And I'm not really clear why. I, I didn't see a reason given. Well, I guess here it is. Here's the reason. NASBA said in an email, quote, due to the necessary and important focus on bringing CPA evolution to its fruition, including significant changes that must be made to NASBA's technology and platforms to reflect the new exam and licensing structure, NASBA has ceased publishing the candidate performance on the uniform CPA examination publication until this important transition is completed. Like, I'm not clear on what exactly why changing the exam changes whether they can publish that thing? Well, because <laughs> maybe it's just a focus of their energy and resources. They just don't have the bodies or budget to do it. That could be it. But I mean, it's like literally like the report is pass rates, number of students. It's not super complicated data points. So well, maybe that's good. I saw an article that came out on Accounting Web that was titled How to Prepare Students Now for CPA Evolution. Kind of an open letter um, written by Liz Kolar. She's the executive vice president of financial education at Surgent, and she's basically giving instructions to professors of accounting programs, things they should be doing to uh, prepare their course offerings and what they should be offering in them to prepare students for the future test. So maybe they don't publish the statistics and it gives time for professors to reassess what they're teaching. That was what I thought maybe was the real reason they were doing this is like, let's give everyone a couple of mulligans. <laughs> until they get their stuff together. Like what are the things high level that professors accounting departments should be doing to prepare their students according to this? A lot of it still is about explaining various accounting technologies and describing their use cases, participating in case studies. For example, students could explain which workflows they could create during a journal entry testing by an audit. 
It's that kind of stuff. But then she does get to a little bit more about introductory classes should begin by incorporating Excel. Intermediate classes should include assignments related to Alteryx, Tableau, Microsoft Power BI. Oh, that's great. And then maybe some classes should start utilizing robotic process automation tools. Yeah, that sounds so, great. So, so, so there's some suggestions of, of stacking some technology into these courses. That would be awesome. I, my accounting education had none of that. We didn't even use Excel, which is hard to believe. I wonder actually what percentage of students even use Excel in the classroom in accounting programs today. I'd be really curious to know that stat because that would tell us a lot. Not to mention actual accounting software or tax software, which I bet is very, very low. I mean, I think when I was in managerial accounting, you had to build a whole, basically you built a whole GL functioning Excel spreadsheet with multiple tabs and it all populated through. Oh, you did? Wow. I didn't get to do that. That was 97, maybe 96. That's cool. Well, you you clearly got a better accounting education than I did. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) That was it. That was the peak. That was it. Yeah. Well, the thing is, and this is the thing about uh, the exam is you don't really actually need to do any of that practical stuff to pass the exam because, you know, the exam is still very much memorize definitions and and that sort of thing, memorization of information. So it doesn't get taught that much, the actual, you know, doing of it. And as we've talked about in many recent episodes, I just think we need more practical knowledge in accounting programs so that people come out knowing how to actually do stuff and they don't have to go learn it at a firm, that would actually improve accounting, entry-level accounting salaries as if people were actually ready to do the job. And, and it's funny, I saw a, uh, a post on Reddit. I was talking last episode too about how Reddit, or one of our listeners, Eric, said, uh, you know, go on Reddit if you want to see like the problems in accounting right now. I was just on there earlier today and I saw a post that I want to share with you, which is called, I finished my accounting degree, but the entry-level pay is too low. Here's the post. I finished my accounting degree a couple months ago, and I haven't been able to find a job that pays anywhere near the current warehouse job I work at. (laughs) This makes it warehouse job, David. This makes it sort of unjustifiable financially to make the switch right now, even though eventually I'll have to. Is there anyone out there who was in this boat that knows of outside certifications that I can work towards on the side to be qualified for higher level position, excluding the obvious ones, CPA, uh, CBA. QuickBooks Live Bookkeeper. (laughs) As I can't afford grad school right now. He says, or she says, excluding CPA because I can't afford grad school right now. So that's the fifth year thing right there, stopping this person from wanting to get the CPA. They have an accounting degree. They want to get another certification or license. And they're saying, I can't afford grad school. And because of this, you may not even enter the field of accounting at all. This person seems fairly determined and probably will, as they said, but they're having trouble justifying it because they make more money at a warehouse job than they can in an entry-level accounting job. The end of this statement is, also, do you know of any programs or software that helps you keep sharp on accounting practices so I don't forget everything before I even start in the field? So, Like an accounting video game. Yeah, I don't know. Someone suggested certified fraud examiner. That's not expensive and there's only one exam. I mean, I would start so, with the zero certification, QuickBook certification. Start with those, Microsoft certifications. Somebody suggested going to public and then jump into industry, but you're not going to get great pay to start. Browntown07 said, my first accounting job salary out of college was 38000 Eight years later, it's at 105 k though. So it's definitely a further into career thing for money than starting pay at entry level. 
I mean, I saw he could go to Grant Thornton. I saw Grant Thornton has made some big announcements. They're uh, adding a lot of benefits to entice new employees. And can also keep their, retain their existing staff. Tell me, what, what are so they they're doing? so they're doing, this sounds like a tech company in the Bay Area. A, they're offering flexible work arrangements, reduced work schedules, compressed work weeks, and flexible days, regardless of your level in the firm. Uh, family care benefits, including uh, parental leave, access to child care, elder care, pet care, meal planning, housekeeping, and just other resources to help support your quality of life at home. Um, they're actually including, um, I know Melio does it for, uh, Melio employees. We get to use a meal delivery service like Uber Eats or River Grubhub or one of those things. I think it's called Seamless and we can have meals subsidized, the delivery services. They're going to start offering that. They're going to offer 40 hours of chargeable time annually to encourage volunteer activities and career development. And then they're also going to have quote unquote quiet hours. So to reduce the video conference fatigue. And remote work. So you'll just you build that time on your calendar where you're just quiet. Were there any specifics about these programs? You said 40 hours for 40 chargeable hours for charitable work or something. Yeah, you can do volunteer yeah. or you what, could work on your personal development. What about like the flexible time thing? Because like I think a lot of firms say we have flexible schedules, but then in reality it isn't. It like, says they, uh Along with flexible time, allow employees to disconnect from work as needed instead of tapping into a predetermined set of paid days off. So, yeah, it's not very... <laughs> like, that sounds like very PR, press release, but what does it really mean? I mean, does that just mean unlimited PTO and you're never actually going to get to take it? You know, that kind of stuff. Like, I always and wonder... then they're uh, expanding their mental health benefits on their insurance and virtual counseling and that type of stuff. They have a quote in here um, that research has shown having a pet is helping younger professionals contend with the stress and loneliness of the COVID-19 pandemic. So if you're, if you're a young professional, you have your accounting degree and you have a pet, this might be your route to go. I guess so. Oh, They're yeah. saying that for, for, for this generation, these younger workers, having pet insurance is just as valuable as a company providing a 401k. <laughs> Come on, give us some credit. I mean, that just sounds idiotic. Well, have you ever taken your dog to the vet? You have to get a loan from your 401k usually to pay for some some of the services. So, Oh, yeah. No, I'm heartless. I'm like, if, it, if it's going to cost more than $1,000, I'm sorry. But you know why it costs so much? <laughs> insurance. Before there was insurance, oh, vets, yeah, were, yeah. vets were affordable. It's driven Basically, up the Basically, what's price. happened to healthcare for us humans is not happening to the, the veterinarian. So industry. I have to buy pet insurance now. Okay. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. If something major happens. Nine months ago on Reddit, somebody posted, hello, Grant Thornton really recently introduced an unlimited leave policy. So the unlimited leave policy is probably what they're talking about in that unlimited PTO is what they're talking about in that press release. But like in reality, unlimited PTO doesn't work well in public accounting, at least based on what I've heard. Because now you still can't take your time off. You can't get it approved, right? So you can't take it. And then you don't get the payout when you leave because it's no longer accrued to you. That's the trick. I see. <laughs> this episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Rewind. Imagine if a meteorite wiped out Intuit's server. It's extremely unlikely, but if it did happen, Intuit would be able to restore all your data and everyone else's that was lost. Rewind has built a backup solution for data loss situations that are way more likely to occur to your client's data. Malicious attacks, buggy apps, disgruntled clients, and of course, ourselves. Human error, the number one reason people lose data. Say goodbye to making manual copies of clients' files, CSV exports, or storing redundancies on hard drives. 
Rewind is introducing a new way of protecting your data through an automated daily backups and on-demand controlled data recovery. As the leading cloud backup app trusted by over 80,000 organizations around the globe, Rewind has saved thousands of accounting professionals from mind-numbing manual data entry rework. To learn even more about Rewind and access a special offer just for listeners of the Cloud Accounting Podcast, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash rewind. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash R-E-W-I-N-D. I got a weird a, YouTube video that I saw the other day. I'm, I'm digging deep on. Is this on like weirder than the putting your money in the pig? Well, no, this is actually really cool. So oh, it's, it's, it's possible. Cool, weird. Yeah. So it's possibly the oldest documented case of tax evasion. Four thousand years ago in Assyria. So do you remember learning about the uh, Silk Road, the old trade routes that led overland yes. from China all the way to Europe and. Syria was right in the middle of this. And so there were these ancient Assyrian trading posts and uh, those old Sanskrit tablets that have been dug up in the desert. And there's some of the oldest writing in the world. All sorts of incredible documents have been discovered, some of great consequence, like these legends of heroes and some involving just transactions. A lot of the time, the, the documentation, it was a business deal uh, or a letter in this YouTube video from the Curator's Corner at the British Museum, which is just fascinating, by the way. The British Museum YouTube channel is an amazing gem. In this video, a curator, Mathilde Toulon Ricci, shares her research into the letters of old Assyrian traders and the sometimes surprising ways in which they get around paying taxes. And she picks up this tablet in the video, and she reads it, translates it for us, it's basically a trader writing a letter to an employee or a business partner telling them, uh, essentially, I don't think that you should do this, but if you were going to smuggle, here's how you should do it. Uh, smuggling meaning take this. if you take this trade route, then, well, well, ideally you should take this trade route and then avoid the taxes. But then if you have to go the normal route, uh, hide it in your underwear. In this letter that is written by a certain Buzazu to his trading partners. Buzazu is calling off a smuggling operation, but is nevertheless detailing how the smuggling would have taken place if it had. So in there, Buzazu is saying that if the narrow track, which is uh, the smuggles route, is available, then do take the narrow track. If not, then Please ask the transporters to gather the tin into small parcels and enter the town with the parcels hidden in their underwear. Is this the first thing of tax fraud or is this the first documented tax advisor? <laughs> well, this is uh, tax evasion. And okay. uh, tax advisors are not supposed to give advice on tax evasion. But, but that's all so, that ethics stuff's uh, new. The, the, didn't exist back then. So the, the joke here in the top comment is five minutes after we invented tax, we invented tax avoidance. Of course, that's incorrect. It's tax evasion in this case. So the idea is to it that it might be a plausible deniability kind of situation. You know, you tell your client like, well, I wouldn't recommend that you do this, but if you were going to do it, here's how you should do it. <laughs> anyway, um, I'll put the link to this video in the show notes. It's a good one. So I guess I could tie this next story back to CPA evolution and getting experience. So since you don't get experience from your university, it seems like billions are turning to TikTok to get 
experience and expertise on Excel. Excel on TikTok. Apparently, Excel on TikTok is now one of the best communities on the platform because you don't have a lot of trolls. There's a, the hashtag Excel is 1.8 billion views now in total. Really? And there's a couple of these folks, uh, one called Excel Friend. It's Excel.Friend is the handle. has a platform with 2.7 million followers and 9.7 million likes. But here's the, the amazing one. Kat Norton. So she started making videos in June of 2020 under the name Miss Excel. She has 650,000 followers. She's one of the app's most popular Excel influencers, and she's leveraged this into some sort of tutorial software business, and she's making 100000 a day. That's more revenue than a lot of startups that are valued at a billion dollars right now. What does she do that makes $100,000 a day? Classes Consulting? on Excel, I guess. Oh, my God. David, this makes me feel like we're just in the... We're, we're failures. Amateurs. We're just... <laughs> But I, the format uh, of all these videos is kind of funny. They Apparently, they all have the same theme where it's like, my boss asked me to do this. Then they show something in Excel that's really cool. It's like, my right. boss asked me to separate these first names and last names. Well, I was going to ask, how do you – TikTok's like a short format video app. So how do you fit an Excel tip into a video that's like 15 seconds? I mean, they're longer than that, right? I don't know. These numbers are, are amazing. I'm going to watch one of these. I'm going to watch one of these right now. Should I watch Miss.Excel? Okay, I'm going to check this one out. Let's see the latest video. I think I have to give some context to that because <laughs> there, there was no, there was just a song. Yeah, so it says, boss, which items are over budget? And then it says, control plus A to highlight, alt, H L H L plus O, all done. So you're you're highlighting. I don't understand how anyone okay, can learn. Okay. So, so I was just <laughs> gonna say, this is great as you're scrolling through and you get this and you see it, but the yeah. odds of you like remembering that, because you can't really search for these based on what you need to do. Or or does TikTok have good SEO now and the content? I mean, I guess you just videos. you just have to go try it right away and remember it. But also Miss Excel is dancing underneath the uh screen capture. So like an Excel screen up above her dancing and then she's like yeah we're in the wrong line of business wrong line of work david podcasting no tiktok's where's that i guess so <laughs> i guess but, it's my but, turn but this is proof right people are not getting yeah. their excel skills in the university and in their cpa exam prep they're not getting excel skills so they have to turn to tiktok all right we're gonna, gonna continue that, with... this is it this is this is our exit let's what, go start our... the cpa evolution tiktok channel we'll just start having training videos on all the new CPA Evolution content. Well, but, but that's what these people are doing. So this Excel training is what students should be getting in college, in accounting. We should be spending like, there should, you should all, in every single course, you should be doing everything in Excel if we really want to get people ready. And then, and then add on the other tech, right? But we don't even have the Excel in a lot of classes. So this is, this is the future. I'm going to continue on with bizarre news, okay? We're just, we're just going off the rails in this episode. Have you heard of 1-800-ACCOUNTANT? There was a story in MarketWatch back in August. Disgruntled HR executive trashed personnel files and deleted 17,000 resumes after being fired. I don't even know how you say her name. Last name is C-A-L-O-N-G-E. Kalong? 
She uh, is 41 from Tampa, Florida. She was let go in June 2019 after just six months working for 1-800-ACCOUNTANT, fired for poor performance, and then apparently logged into the personnel files and deleted 17,000 resumes. She was able to log in from outside the computer system, like outside the building, and deleted a bunch of resumes, and then left uh, profanity throughout the files as well. A good good reason to, uh, when you terminate folks, use single sign-on and, and remove their access to all systems. That's that's a good reason yeah. to use a single... Or you a, remove it before you terminate. Like you prepare... Do it in advance. have the IT department standing by. Yeah. Apparently, it costs the company $100,000 to get the system working. What a mess. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by OnPay. If you're wondering why OnPay is great, it's because it was built by payroll experts with over 30 years of payroll experience. They handle all the complicated stuff that other payroll providers don't, like agricultural payrolls, including Form 943, multi-state payrolls, and employees with H-2A visas. Even while handling all the complicated stuff, OnPay remains an easy-to-use, full-service payroll and HR app that is the right fit for all of your clients, whether they have just one or 500 employees. It helps them stay organized, save time, and get compliant. OnPay has flexible and customizable integrations with QuickBooks and Xero. OnPay's partner program offers free payroll for your firm, discounts, and special bonuses for moving clients to OnPay for 2022. The program also offers a dedicated support team to offer white glove service to both you and your clients. To learn more about offering your clients the award-winning OnPay payroll and HR, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash OnPay. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash O-N-P-A-Y. OnPay, nobody takes better care of your clients. I think I have something about why people are quitting their jobs. Tell me. I mean, there's lots of reasons, I think, but I'd love to hear what you yes, think. Yes, this was in uh, Inc. Magazine. Apparently, there's new data showing why people are quitting their jobs, and it says it's definitely not because they're lazy. Now, I must admit- Who thinks that people are quitting because they're lazy? I thought maybe his data might not be the best data here, but um, 12.7 million people quit their jobs in July, August, and September, including you, Blake. You're one of those. Yeah. I quit my job to start my own business. And this person had a theory before- and one of the theories was, could a lot of these people leaving trying to become their own bosses, which kind of what you've done to yeah. some extent. Yeah. But it's really hard to get data on that. Now he, this person feels like they have some data. So they, the Labor Department data shows that there were 500,000 more unincorporated self-employed workers than there were at the start of the pandemic. There's now 9.44 million. So it's 500,000 more. Uh, the number of new applications for federal ID numbers jumped 56% between 2019 and 2021. That one, though, I don't buy because I think there was a lot of those who were applied to get PPP money, right? <laughs> <laughs> like massive numbers. We don't know if those are real businesses. I mean, mm. yes, there are more federal tax IDs being issued, but right, right. how much of those are, are actual things? And then, then as his data got, I feel like it got weaker. Then he gets to the point where he's like, in, in September 2019, the online marketplace Etsy had 2.6 million active sellers. At the same time this year, the number was 7.5 million. Yeah, I hear but you. Millions of people are just quitting to become Etsy sellers. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of factors here at play. And one of them that I have heard is lack of reliable childcare. Omicron is uh, causing this to continue where we keep having these variants pop up. It creates childcare problems because you don't know if schools are going to shut down or not. And so it's hard to go back to work if you're a caregiver 
and you think, well, my kids might get sent home from school again. That's a big reason. And then you also have a lot of older folks who are retiring early. We're having that happen in the accounting profession or are saying, well, I'm not going to go back to work until I don't have to worry about the virus because I'm older and I'm more concerned about my health as a result. Those are two huge groups. And the accounting profession has both of them in large quantities. I think that's a good example of folks um, that are just like not participating. And that's why we had these weird numbers in the employment numbers last week where jobs created was way lower than economists had been hoping. But the unemployment rate is also down to where it was before the pandemic, like 4.2%, I think. And the unemployment rate is low, even though we still haven't gotten the jobs back because people aren't looking. Like all those people who left are not going back and looking for jobs. So they don't get counted. You don't get counted unless you're actively looking, like as unemployed, right? If you just say, I'll wait, then they're not going to count you in that number. So it's a weird situation, right? Like we have people who are sitting on the sidelines, sitting it out. Yeah, I think we can jump in the app news. I think that's it. Well, Thomson Reuters had a conference, their Synergy conference in Nashville in uh, November. It's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, you usually expect to see new product releases and new partnerships, but they also announced a delay. <laughs> of something they had been hoping to announce. I guess it was a big product. They have this product called Onvio Cloud. And I guess they got up on stage and talked about how they decided not to announce it. So Onvio is is this collection of products and it was going to be making it available in the cloud. So it's cloud-based tax and accounting practice management software. On stage, Elizabeth Bistrom, president of Thomson Reuters Tax and Accounting, said that we made the decision that we're not launching Onvio at Synergy this year. We've had a lot of conversations with clients on the focus of it, the technology, AI, machine learning, and really integrating all of our products into one place. That was a really good discussion area and had a lot of focus. With reiteration from our customer base that this remains the right vision for where they want to see their desktop products go, we continue to talk about the roadmap and where we are going with this. It's more of a vision in line with the mega trends in technology about having cloud-based solutions. When she continues, the original timeline had it rolling out at this conference, and we made the decision to delay that. It was a decision that was hard to make, but it was based on the feedback from our customers. We've doubled down on the investment in Onvio, and that's the main focus for 2022. Uh, what they did release is a new product called Determination Anywhere. It's a tax engine for state and local tax, which they call indirect tax, indirect taxes, sales and use taxes. Um, I've never heard them called indirect taxes. That's interesting. So this feels like a competing product to an Avalara type product? I guess so. In that same space? Yeah. They, they said that it's a cloud-based tax technology platform that sits on top of a company's existing infrastructure in the cloud or on-premises. Determination Anywhere uses edge computing technology to give it better proximity to transaction systems. Tax professionals can leverage the tax determination engine at any point of a transaction within any channel. Uh, and it just goes on and on. I can't actually figure out from this article, what exactly it does. But I, it does sound like an Avalara kind of com- competitor. Did you hear about oh, the- Sorry, there's one more thing I wanted to say. Oh, sorry, sorry. Continue. One more announcement. And this is one that ties into us a little more, is the partnerships. They, Thomson Reuters announced three new partnerships, one with SurePrep, one with Verity, and a third one with Practice Ignition. Wait, aren't they, in theory, have a competing product? Do they do proposals? I don't even know. 
if they do, it's not that good. It's just more practice management. Practice management. Yeah, yeah. SurePrep is a product that automatically populates tax documents. So gathering data, putting them into tax documents. Verity is about cryptocurrency. And then with practice ignition, it is to, they didn't really announce exactly what it's going to do, at least in the article, but they're going to add that on. Historically speaking, they have not been very much of a cloud company. And is this kind of their route? They're just going to partner a cloud stack of some type, kind of white label it? I don't. I mean, they are building this Envio product. It just got yeah. delayed. I mean, it is 2022 yeah. now. I mean, you <laughs> you probably needed a cloud. Yeah, they, this. Sh- they're having <laughs> trouble. Not, they're having yeah. trouble is what this is, they're having difficulty. Eight getting years them. ago, if your cloud product got delayed another year, it probably wasn't a big deal, but... Yeah, it's a little... Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess there's maybe there's just not that much demand. Like, I feel like if there was a ton of demand, then this would have been built already. Well, it scales. It's very hard to pivot your company from a desktop company to... Yeah. I, honest to God, I think there's going to be, like, business use case studies decades from now, looking back into it and how they moved from a desktop company to a cloud company. And that transition that took place under Brad Smith. I mean, the way they basically did it, though, is you lay off 800 people and you rehire a different 800 with the right. different skills. You have to change the company itself. You and do that change. every year for about six years. Yeah. And then eventually you have the different type of talent to do that. So did you see the news on Square and Twitter this week? They changed their name. So Square's changed it na- its name to Block. And Jack Dorsey, <laughs> the founder of Twitter, who also founded Square, has now stepped down from Twitter. So he's no longer be the CEO of Twitter. And he's just going to focus on Square. I saw an article. This is uh, from the... Business insider uh, Scott Galloway is the uh, writer. He wrote an article last week in New York Magazine about super apps. And I think we've talked about these before on the show. These super apps, they're a chat app. They have your shopping in it. They have your paying people back and forth. You can order your groceries through these apps. They're just like these super apps. And his argument is by Square renaming A to Block, get it blockchain, Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. right? Some of it's being Mm -hmm. named to that. But it's really the march towards a super app. So you're going to have this company block will have Square, right, for merchants, but you also have Cash App, right? You have Afterpay. You have Caviar, which is their food delivery service. You have music streaming, which is the, the purchase title. And then um, full circle, it takes us right back to, you know what else these super apps all have? This kind of chat component, which takes you right back to, will block just buy sco- uh, Twitter to, at the end of the day, right? Is Twitter just going to be rolled into this eventually and being acquired? Now, here's my bigger question. Block or, or Square, remember Square bought the tax product from Intuit, which was the Credit Karma tax software. How, how does H&R Block allow them to rebrand as Block when they are in a, doing tax? They, they offer a tax product. We'll see. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they feel confident they can win that battle. I mean, I think I remember for years... H&R Block and TurboTax would sue each other every year when all the ads came out. And this, they, every year, they'd sue each other. So I, it, it's got to be happening as we speak. Maybe, yeah. maybe next week's news or something. There's no way H&R Block can allow this. Because H&R Block even does a lot of their marketing as just Block. So I don't know. feels like there's a lot of overlap to me. Well, I talked about Thomson Reuters. It seems like it's also the season for other vendors to update their tax prep tools into it announced a slate of improvements, updates, and enhancements to its tax prep tools in anticipation of the coming tax season. They have updated ProConnect Tax Online with the following. 
You have the ability to drag and drop a client's tax documents directly onto their return with no manual data entry needed. You get smart navigation features that intelligently predict the needed tax forms and suggest what is needed for a client based on data and common workflow patterns. The ability to assign and sort client returns by staff members, then reassign each return as it changes hands. The ability to auto-lock e-filed returns to prevent manual entry errors and calculation updates. And the ability to get a full view of any users working on the same tax return to avoid version conflicts. Uh, version conflicts. <laughs> The scorn of desktop software. Although this is online, ProConnect Tax Online. There's a whole list of other updates to like Lacert and to, it just seems like small stuff, like nothing huge. I don't want to bore everyone by reading this, but. I think it's just that time of the year. Like everybody's, all the tax is going to ramp up here. This is the, probably the two or three weeks where folks that have tax practices are paying attention to the news for the last time until. I guess, yeah. <laughs> so well, you're certainly not going to change tax software now. No, they're so, not going like, to change tax software. Intuit also has announced the launch of TurboTax Live full service. TurboTax so, Live full service. And, and again, is our friend Claudel. She arguably is the most influential person probably in, in accounting. So Claudel's um, in this video, but it's essentially full service. You just upload your docs. They give you updates as they're working on it. They ask you a question, they do, but they do your taxes from start to finish. Is this the first year they've done this? I think the full service, yes. Wow. Okay. So this is really, I am a full service tax prep firm competing now with everybody. TurboTax Live. I mean, they, that sounds like a tax practice. Yeah. It's that next that next, it's the next step. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how they're going to do it. Oh, and, and for context, uh, Claudel is the face of TurboTax Live, right? She's the... She's a real pro advisor. She's a real person. Yeah. I, I wish they would have brought her to QuickBooks Connect before. I don't know if anybody's actually met her, but she I know she, I've, I definitely know she exists. I've tracked her down on LinkedIn. She exists for sure. She's a real person. It's not a marketing created person. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Reach Reporting. I use Canva Weekly to create original professional looking artwork for the Cloud Accounting Podcast from easy to use templates. One of the templates Canva offers is financial reports. The templates are beautiful and any accountant or bookkeeper would amaze their clients if they handed the client a quarterly report from one of these templates. But then I realized how much of a headache it would be to take the data from the accounting system, Excel, Google Sheets, etc., add it to the report, copy paste, copy paste, copy paste. And God forbid if the data got updated or changed. In my brain, I got to thinking it'd be nice if Canva could do some sort of mail merge functionality, but with financial data or data I have in a table or a spreadsheet. Well, guess what I just discovered? An app has solved this problem. That app is Reach Reporting. Reach Reporting can connect your QuickBooks, Xero, Excel, or Google Sheets data so you can easily build automatically updating financial reports for your clients that are equally, if not more beautiful than any you'll find in Canva. Reach Reporting also has online dashboards you can share with your clients, the ability to create budgets, and it's all powered by always connected sheets so you'll almost have zero learning curve. To enhance your advisory services using Reach Reporting and to get 30% off your clients' first three months, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash reach. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash R-E-A-C-H. Since I mentioned TurboTax competing with traditional firms, here's something from a, well, it's not a traditional firm, but it's a small firm and uh, on the cutting edge, Live CA. LiveCA.ca, because they're up in Canada, uh, has come up with a no-code development team and service offering. No-code development. 
this makes so much sense because in cloud accounting firms these days, we're often doing a lot of no-code development in our own firms. It's almost a given at this point that you're using Zapier and Airtable and uh, other types of automation technology to get stuff into Zero or QuickBooks and do an automated invoicing and, and all this stuff, right? So what they have done is come up with a standalone offering where we can, or LiveCA can, move spreadsheet data into Zero or a custom developed app to run your invoicing process, that sort of thing. I just think it's so great to have this on their website as a service. So here's well, some examples. I mean, other other firms can take advantage of this possibly. If you have a client and you have a, you don't have time to get something automated, you could pay them, get it automated. Yeah, and, and then they can the take your it. then they can take your client, right? It's great because Well, I guess like hey, that, but I mean like <laughs> as a service, I mean there's services that do nothing um it, it was QB Hero, I think it was QBO Hero at one time and they had to rebrand, but he basically built a service for other firms. All he does is he takes the desktop files, converts them to QBO. That's right, right. Because yeah. it's, it's a lot of work to do that. And he just converts yeah. them over and there's some manual scraping he does and pulls out spreadsheets and massages the data oh. and gives you back a good QBO file to hit the ground running with your client. So, so, so there's totally a service like this. You don't have to you don't have to steal people's clients. He'd well, actually make I think, a lot more money not stealing the clients probably. That's certainly possible and they could do this, but I think it's a better lead generation opportunity for your bookkeeping services. A client or a prospect has a problem and they want to automate something and they find you online because you know how to do it and they hire you to do that one thing. And then you're so good at it, they say, oh, can you improve my entire bookkeeping process? And before you know it, your firm is doing everything. That's how I would use something like this. Essentially, that's what I did with my firm. We did a lot of consulting and we ended up getting them as bookkeeping clients. We did a lot of setups and cleanups and we get the ongoing work. Yeah, this is just such a neat example. Um, so it's liveca.ca slash no code hyphen development. And I'll get that link in the show notes eventually as well. And they've got a you know, great landing page for that. And we just spoke about H&R Block. So H&R Block is offering assisted bookkeeping services. And they've officially chosen Zero as their um, platform for their cloud accounting bookkeeping, assisted bookkeeping services. So it's kind of like bookkeeping live. Or QuickBooks Live, right? But it's it's H and R Block offering these services, and they're using Zero. Except with H and R Block, they're a franchise model, so it's the franchisees that are doing it, right? Like it's not some centralized. No, thing. they also use it for their firm, but this is for them to provide bookkeeping services to small business clients. Right. No, I, I understand that, but what I'm saying is the difference between H and R Block and a QuickBooks Live is with QuickBooks Live, it's just into it, one entity that hires and manages all the bookkeepers. Yes, it's one company versus like, a franchise. It's Starbucks versus McDonald's, I guess. Okay. Right. And with H&R Block, you're getting a bookkeeper in a specific location, right? It's not like at a, assigned to a specific office or something. I, I Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Like, is it, I guess my question is, is it corporate? Are the bookkeepers on the corporate team or are they on the franchise team, franchisees team? Zero has some updates for December that I can run through. I'll just do the global updates. So now you can connect data from Shopify quickly. They've got a new Zero and Shopify app that's available in both the Shopify app store and the Zero app store. So it's like a new app separate from Zero and Shopify. It says you can see how much revenue and profit is being made each day, send sales transactions to Zero for easy bank reconciliation and easily track your cash flow. I've got to look at this on the Zero app store. It's confusing how they wrote it. No, it's just a new integration. <laughs> it's not a new app. It's just an updated integration. Okay, 
there's a new way to view transactions on the bank reconciliation screen. Oh, this we talked about this before. So they had the enlarged view that enraged people. Yeah, because you only see three transactions. They made it slightly better. You can like see six. Is yeah, yeah. Even better version now. No, no, this is just the same thing. You can just toggle between a slightly smaller view, and it literally looks like all it's doing is changing the size of the text. It's pretty funny. But they're trying. They're trying to appease people. But you, like you said, they should have just made it look like a spreadsheet for the accountant view. I still think using software diff, diff tools to that determine differences in files and folder structures or code, I always thought like the bankrupt would be interesting like that. And I think when you're at... Uh, Flowcast, they started building like a reconciliation tool that kind of reminded me of a diff tool. But so far, like to think from a reconciliation standpoint, I think what we saw at Sage Intact was kind of the best representation of a tool. Like, Are you thinking of the one we saw at Sweet World for NetSuite hmm. where they had like the visual was that Was that in Sweet World? I think that or was, was Sweet, that? And it's blending together, isn't it? I think it was Sweet World. Where they showed the boxes. It was like boxes, exactly. Yeah. So you could drill down on the differences. Here's all the ones that match. Here's the ones that don't. And you drill down. And there's lots of room for improvement on these matching reconciliation well, screens. Some more zero updates. I'll just run through these. They're rolling out slowly machine learning algorithms to automatically code transactions to predict your con- transactions, contact, and account codes using all the reconciliations across zero. So previously in zero, tell me how QuickBooks does this, David, but in zero, it would use machine learning based on your historical trends to suggest coding of transactions in the future. Use this contact, use this account based on what you did in the past. Now they're expanding this to use what people are doing across the whole database, across all zero files. Does QuickBooks do that? Yeah, it's been across for a while. So that's going to help hopefully speed things up. And I think, Rick, you know, it's going to, as standardized chart of accounts, right? Come around, it's going to make this a lot more reliable. They're continuing to update the reports for zero projects. There's a new report center that allows you to do headings. I feel like some of this was like, they did this in November too. I'm, I'm getting deja vu right now on some of these releases. There's also a new executive summary report that will be available soon in the new report center. And it will include features that have been requested such as flexible date ranges, more comparative periods, and the ability to add commentary text. You'll also have the ability to save custom reports. It will be available to customers in the U.S. first, followed by other regions. Oh, that's different than usual. There's new design of the budget variance report, and you'll be able to add more detail to your reports faster than ever. Being able to quickly add year-to-date and total columns, show or hide decimal places, or opt to display your report on a cash or accrual basis, those options will now be very much easier to access. And the cash summary report will soon include a number of additional features, including more flexible date ranges with comparative options, full layout editor control, visual performance indicators, and the ability to save custom reports. Plus, the more button will offer the ability to sort by account code as well as show percentage of income. And there's a bunch of country-specific features. They're updating the 1099 report for the U.S., of course, just in time for January. Microsoft is releasing what they're calling is Microsoft Teams Essentials. It's going to be a super cheap $4 a month per user version of Microsoft Teams that, you know, if somebody does not need Office 365, they can get this instead. And, and think about it as a, as a super streamlined Slack, but unlike Slack, like product and a Zoom competitor. For $4, I mean, to be honest, even for me, I'm like, 
maybe I stop paying forty dollars a month for Zoom for just some simple video calls. Forty, you pay forty bucks a month for Zoom? Yeah, I think I pay thirty nine, twenty nine dollars or thirty nine. Some you sign up for webinars or something? No, that gets really expensive. Yeah. Anyways, the point is Microsoft released this. If your clients just need to have some chatting with with their other employees of their company, it's pretty good value at four dollars. You can't beat that if they need some video. And then you see Apple is now pushing into small business kind of administration. I don't know if you saw Apple's um, small business device management called Business Essentials. Yeah, I saw that. They historically have not been very helpful with small businesses that had a fleet of Apple laptops. And you had to use some sort of third-party solution to manage them. Whereas with Microsoft Windows, like that's the thing they are best at is manage a fleet of company PCs. So this must be part of Apple's big push into services, right? Yeah. So it's going to basically let a small business push apps, updates to devices, onboarding devices, track the device locations, and it comes with iCloud storage and Apple support. And it's really designed for small businesses that are smaller than 500 people. And That's it's great. like mobile device management software. And the essentially the cost on this is a seven bucks a user per month and supports three devices per user. So this is from their acquisition of Fleetsmith. They acquired a, a third-party solution for this. And they rebranded it as Apple, and now it's full Apple. How much is it per month, did you say? Um, it was in this tab over here, $6.99 per user per month. Wow, that's great. That's a good deal. Now, what was interesting about this is there's a second article. This was in a Small Business Trends, and it has a quote in here that talks about Apple's business essentials is designed to help streamline every step of the employee device management within a small business, from setup, onboarding, and upgrading to accessing fast service and prioritized support, all while keeping data backed up and secure so companies can focus on running their business. But when you read that line from setup, onboarding, and upgrading, Sounds a lot like some of the services Rippling offers. I wouldn't doubt it if other payroll companies start offering this these types of services. So then my brain starts churning because there's another part of this article that says Apple's business essentials aims to be a complete solution. Like what else? Employee onboarding? What else? Did that lead to payroll? Is Apple going to get in the payroll game? Like where no, does this stop? Where does this no. stop? I would be really surprised if that happened. But I mean, that was uh, my prediction this year. We were going to see somebody get in that space that we didn't expect. Well, we did, didn't we? We saw something happen. Well, yeah, Amazon, I mean, Netflix, (laughs) I mean, there's a lot, right, that are still tripling in this, but. Well, David, I think that's all the time we've got today for rambling assortment of of news. Uh, If people want to reach you online, where's the best place for them to do that? I'm on all the socials. I'm at David Leary. If you do LinkedIn, say I'm not a bot. But please, everybody, like the news is a little weak right now. It's kind of the. (laughs) holiday season. There's not a lot happening. So if there's anything that catches your eye and you're you're like, oh man, David and Blake should look into this. Please, please, please send it our way. I am at Blake T. Oliver. I'll be back next week with my report from Digital CPA. Talk to you then. Well, that'll be exciting. If, yeah. And if it's boring, yeah. make some exciting news there, Blake. I'll do my Kick best. Kick over a table or something. Okay. I'll, well, I'll try not TikTok. to cause, I'll try not to get arrested in Nashville. How about that? All right. That Talk won't to be then. news. Get arrested in Nashville. <laughs> now we have news. Bye. Bye. Time for the classifieds. If you're looking to quickly grow a scalable, systematic seven-figure accounting firm without having to work 50 plus hours per week, check out Ryan Lazanis' online coaching membership, Future Firm Accelerate. Sign around Ryan's experience taking his cloud firm from scratch to sale so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. 
You'll get online learning and topics that help you automate and systemize all aspects of your firm. You'll get coaching when you need help with implementation. And you'll also join a collaborative community of hundreds of other forward-thinking firm owners. For more details, head over to www.futurefirmaccelerate.com. Hey, podcast listeners, it's Blake, and I wanted to let you know about a new show I'm working on with CPA slash comedian Greg Kite and blogger slash former CPA Caleb Newquist. It's called Oh My Fraud, and it's a podcast all about financial crimes. That's right, a true crime podcast for accountants by accountants. Caleb and Greg are going to come together every couple weeks to unpack their favorite frauds and explore the circumstances, psychology, and interpersonal dynamics involved. They also fully indulge in victim-blaming the defrauded widows, orphans, infirm, and feeble-minded, because who can resist? If you fancy yourself a trusted advisor, or prefer your true crime with spreadsheets instead of corpses, listen to this show to learn what to watch out for, and to keep your clients, your firm, and even yourself safe. To subscribe, go to ohmyfraud.com, or search Oh My Fraud on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to get the word out about your newsletter, webinar, party, Facebook group, podcast, ebook, job posting, or that fancy Excel macro you just created? Why not let the listeners of the Cloud Accounting Podcast know by running a classified ad? Hit the show notes for the link to get more info.